Here by the Owl podcast is a podcast for owlets and wise owls alike. Join hosts Nikki Fiddle-Eye-Doll and Brianna Briegel along with rotating owls from across the country as they discuss what it takes to advise from time to time. Our podcast is fueled by the true knowledge from empowering agricultural education instructors and ripen with the wisdom you will never learn in a textbook. podcast uh, we're excited to hear uh, kind of a a special episode uh bethany reached out to us and we we kind of sh- showcased our podcast on the pay the facebook page uh ag teacher side hustle and on there we just kind of said like anybody that has a side hustle that they want to to share more about uh reach out to us and so that's how we got um in connection uh, with Bethany. And so we have a lot of great content to talk about tonight. But before we get into that, uh, Bethany, why don't you um, talk about what you do uh, in your everyday life, and then we'll get into um, your side hustle. Yeah, um, like you said, my name is Bethany. Um, I am a going into my 10th year of teaching ag. Uh, so starting this fall, I am married. I have two small kids. They're four and two. We run sheep. Um, we have a small flock of sheep and we also have cattle and then we row crop um, some on our own acres and also with both of our uh, families with my husband and stuff and so I kind of do a little bit of everything kind of you know mom wife farm mom um so I kind of touch on to all of that kind of stuff awesome well and if all of those don't keep you busy enough um like Nikki mentioned we're going to talk a little bit about um your side hustle so why don't you kind of explain um what that growing and cultivating students really is all about yes so it really started in february um i had some ideas i'd done some lesson plans um through you know different associations and submitted some ideas and stuff and you know you never really think that you're you know super cool and the best you know ideas ever um but it really started in february during a snow day we were like on snow day number five here in central Missouri and my four and two year old were basically bouncing off the walls. And so I was like, I want to create some low prep engaging ag based activities, either for big learners or little learners that either moms can use ag teachers can use. Um, maybe you could use in your classroom from an ag teacher perspective, also like in an elementary classroom. So it really kind of all goes together hand in hand. My kids love tractors, farm stuff, you know, just hands on stuff, but so do my high schoolers. And so it was really born from that concept of I want these resources to be able to use my own classroom. I was already creating a lot of them anyway, and I would just need to present them in a way that made sense to somebody else's brain and not just mine. Um, and so I really just did it to help everyone else out you know um as an ag teacher we're all busy and if you can help another ag teacher even slightly um it seems like it makes a huge world of difference because i know others have helped me as well i love that i i mean even not even just snow days like anyone with kids or i don't know if you're doing like an after school program or you even have like brianna has like a mandated like study hall time across the school call and they call it my time but every school has something similar if you're looking for like something that's engaging and fun and still educational you know everyone needs something that they can grab and go with so um i love that 
did you think that after you created your first thing, like it would, you would still be doing it today? So I really kind of started creating lessons a while back and no, um, in February, I was like, okay, I'm going to kind of go with this and kind of see where, where it goes. Um, what's, what's, what are we going to do? What's going to come of it? Um, so I started creating lessons and kind of activities that are free. Um, I call it ag school for littles and, um, they're basically things that I just can grab around my house. So like, um, can I do something with this egg tray or can I do something with this spoon? You know, like just little things that I could do with my own kids. And then, um, as it morphed into something I could transfer to my high school students, no, I didn't think I'd still be doing it today. It's, but it's fun. You know, it's, it's kind of like, Hey, like I can do this. And then it applies to my, my lessons in school. And I'm like, Oh, plan time is done. It's over. Great. You know? Um, so it's not been, something that I like have to force myself to do. It's something fun as a creative outlet that I can kind of really, you know, keep a notepad and I jot things down and my husband looks at me like I'm psycho and I'm like, oh no, it's for a lesson. It's going to be so cool. And he's like, okay, yeah, that's great. I just think that's so cool. Like, I don't know, hearing you talk about it and Nikki and I are very like outside of the box kind of people too. So like being able to just see like everyday items and how you can use those like in your classroom or with your students. Um, I have a couple nieces and nephews and they're, they're pretty little still, but I just think that these would be so fun for them just hearing you talk about them. Um, so that being said, why don't you highlight some of the resources that you have um, and what you kind of all include in them? Yeah, so um, we can start off with the first one that I did um, kind of talked about a little bit. It's called Ag School for Littles and it literally starts with the letter A and I'm moving through the alphabet and I'm not completely finished yet. I'm working on letter G right now and I kind of um, work on them about one or two a month, but they are literally free resources that I have posted in my Teachers Pay Teachers store and it's essentially for like little people. Um, my kids are two and four and so that age range, but they can also be adapted with a little bit of um, just higher level talking points. I use some of them with my high schoolers. Um, so the one I um, talked about really is like the letter B and we talk about bees and we do like a pollination race. And so I take a little, um, a plastic spoon and I had a piece of, um, it was a floral material that we used in class for floral design. And I had it in my bag for, for some reason during the snow days. And so I pulled it out and that was our flower. And so we put the little pieces of cotton balls and they had to race with the spoon um, to the hive, which was a, um, it was an ice cube tray. And that was, you know, it was like little squares. So it was perfect for the little, you know, ice or the little, you know, spots in the hive. And, and the kids loved it. We did it all afternoon. And I was finally like, I can't play this game anymore. We need to come up with the next thing. Um, but it, it's so cool. And like all of the resources that I use, I literally use with my own kids or use in my high school classes. And so um, with like the letter B, we go over like the B's and then um, we make like next snow day, snow day number two, we made, you know, banana bread. And we talked about how, oh, bananas are plants, you know, and they're grown this way. And, and um, it's just a bunch of resources that I've compiled together because I know there's other moms out there that are, some of them are my friends that they're like, you do these things and I don't know how. And I'm like, oh, let me give this to you. You can do it too, you know? And, and I, I just think that everybody has that opportunity and I want to be able to share where their food comes from. That's why I became an ag teacher. I want to share about ag. Um, and so I think that that's kind of a cool, neat way to be able to, to do that. 
I think that something like this would even make a great gift for somebody like, you know, buy one of these resources or get one of these resources and then put all the supplies needed in a bag with the the directions and give it to a friend that has kids like that parent will thank you because then yes. <laughs> then they can they can pull it out and they can say let's do this activity and it's something they've never seen before never played with before and so and bonus that it's educational because uh that's what we all need um bethany you shared a few that our listeners will have access to um let's let's dig into those first uh is the parent guide so discuss what uh what our listeners will um see when they when they look in the resource folder Yes, and that is what um, we were kind of the activities we were talking about with the letter B. They will actually have access to that one. Um, so we did the, the pollination activity. And then we actually used, um, we made little bees um, out of toilet paper rolls. So that was pretty fun. And in that resource, I literally have links to the washable paint I, I bought on Amazon. The googly eyes that are self-adhesive. Let me tell you, those are the best things ever. No glue is needed. Um, not that my two-year-old uses, you know, a ton of glue, um, but they're like bubbles and just like things that all kind of start with the letter B. You know, we we did different and they all correspond to ag. So it all kind of plays back to what we can literally do to educate little ones about ag. Um, and that will be in the resource thing. And they can also be found um, for free on my Teachers Pay Teachers store. Awesome. So the next the next kind of activity that um, you shared with us is the soil sampling. So what's all included in that and, and how do the listeners use it and all that good stuff? This is one of my favorite middle school activities. I literally do it like on week three of my semester class. So I have a semester class in the uh, fall and in the spring. And when I teach my middle schoolers, I realize that I have kids that are either very, very ag and can probably quote me word for word of what I'm gonna say. Or I have kids who look at me like, I have no idea what soil is, you know? Um, so I had a really big, broad range of middle schoolers and I see every middle schooler in my school. And so I really had to find a way to connect to them about what this concept was. So when I was doing soil sampling, what could they understand? Because if I said the word soil probe, they looked at me like I was an alien. Um, and so I was like, okay, so what can we do here that makes sense? So we, so I did cupcakes and um, I do not have a food lab in my classroom. And so I teach a food science class and this is one of the activities that um, I really try to do everything in my classroom. I don't want to take stuff home. And so I actually make the cupcakes in a, um, in a, oh my gosh, a uh, microwave oven. And so they, the kids, we learn about it. It literally goes through it and they actually create their own soil profiles. So there are six soil horizons and, and they go through and put the different colors. But the kicker is, is that they have to explain why they only used four colors instead of all six. They have to tell me, okay, well my soil didn't have all of these because not every soil is perfect. So they actually get to um, distinguish between the different soil horizons. They get to actually talk about it and tell me how they created them, what the different colors mean, and things like that. So we've made the raw cupcake. That's day one. And then day two, oh my gosh, we actually get to eat the cupcake. And they are so stinking excited when I put this cupcake in front of them. And um, 
And so we actually, I cut straws and just regular, you know, your straws that you get. And they use that as a soil probe. So they push it through the top of the cupcake. It comes out the bottom. And when you push that cupcake out of that straw, you can see the different soil horizons and the kids go crazy. And they're like, oh my gosh, I get it. And I'm like, I know, it's great. Like, this is a soil sample. And um, so it's really cool because they're like, yeah, now what's next? Like, what are you going to teach us next? Like, you like get them. Like, that, you know, week three, they're like, yes, like, I got you. Like, you fed me food. I understand what you said. Like, I can now take a soil sample. Like, okay, what are you, what are you going to teach me next? And so that's, that's kind of cool. And, and I do it all without an oven, um, which is the neat concept. And um, because literally that's what I have in my classroom. So that's how I create my, my lessons and my activities is something that I can do with the resources that I have. And hopefully most other teachers have access to too. Yeah. I like when it, I, I liked I like the idea of being planned, but I wasn't always great about that. And so it would be like the night before at like midnight and I'd realize that I needed something very specialized, right? And so lessons that you could have resources or someone else in the building. That's the other thing as an ag teacher, you're very specialized that chances are no one has what you need, you know? And so it's great when it's, universal things because there's a chance that someone can bail you out when you don't have it because that was always my problem uh if brooke boshans is listening she was the science teacher at center when i taught there bailed me out all of the time so um and it's cheap and everyone's budgets are stretched really thin so i love that um i i'm really excited about the next one so the science of jelly and jam making um, walk us through what this looks like. Yes. So this is actually one of my most favorite things to teach. Um, when I normally teach it, my food science class is a, a year long class and I teach it in the spring, um, normally toward the end of the second semester, just because kids are kind of like gearing up to, to for summer and things like that. Um, and I trust them now. Um, we, I can trust you to follow directions and to do what I tell you. But this is such a fun lesson. So this kind of hits home because my grandma taught me how to make jam and jelly. And so I thought it would be so cool to teach kids something that you buy in a store is actually feasible to make on your own. And it kind of brings everything full circle of everything you find in a store is actually produced somewhere else in agriculture. And um, sometimes when I make that connection with kids, they're like, oh, my gosh. You're so right. Uh, so it starts out, we actually do a tasting and we taste the difference between jam and jelly. And so I make them spread it on a piece of bread. You know, which one spreads better? Which one smells better? Do you see chunks of fruit in a different one? You know, and so we actually look at the difference between jams and jellies and kind of what, what the, what's going on there and how they're made. And, um, some of the history of it, you know, like your big name players and jelly and jams and Welsh's, Welsh's and, you know, uh, Smuckers and, and kind of go into something almost like career related because it's cool for kids to make these connections of, Hey, I like food and Hey, I could do something like this for a living. So it's cool to hit on that kind of stuff. Um, we talk about the differences and then we go into the actual lab. When I told my grandma, I was actually going to make 
Jan and Jelly in class, she looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, oh my gosh, it's going to be the coolest thing ever. Like, just wait. And she's like, you don't have a stove. And I said, I know, but I figured out a way. And so we do electric skillets and we actually make our strawberry jam in electric skillets in my classroom. Now I've learned some interesting things over the years that you have to watch for. So my food science class is normally very full. The first one is, is you have to be very specific about what you want. So you need to tell them, okay, if you don't cut up your strawberries enough, then they're going to be that chunky in your actual jam. And so they, they learn the second time that, you know, they're kind of working on stuff. Um, also, if you have a group that big, we've blown breakers during the middle of this lab. And if your jelly is boiling, you cannot save it when your breaker blows, trying to go find the breaker box in another room. And so that one did not set up. They had to remake that one. Um, but they actually, so day one, we prep, they cut up their strawberries. We either get fresh or frozen strawberries, whatever we can find at that time. And they prep everything. They have to bring it to a rolling boil. They have to add their sugar. And they're so stressed. They're like, oh my gosh, is it boiling long enough? Is it, does it look okay? Is it, is it what it's supposed to be? And I said, well, yeah, or it's not going to set, you know, one of the two, it's, it'll turn out either way. And so it's just, it's just so cool because these kids are learning real life skills in an electric skillet. Like we literally just made jam an electric skillet in ag class, you know, and, and so then we put it in jars and, and, and the next group goes the next time, you know, and so it's just so fun to see their faces. You started out with these strawberries and now I have this jelly and then, you know, you made this jelly and that smell is going through the, through the hallways and, and somebody walks down and goes, Oh my gosh, what did you just make? And I'm like, Oh, let me show you. I'll tell you about it. You know? And, and it's just cool to see that learning happen. And um, it's something that I like doing. You know, it's, it's, everybody likes jelly and we make strawberry stuff. And so it's, it's just really cool how it, how it all plays out. And, and they've come back and told me, I made this on my own. Like you taught me something and I made it the next year. And I'm like, that's so great. Like, congrats, you know? And, and I don't know, it's just, it's a really cool lesson. It's a, it's about a 10 day process from the start to finish and the resource that you'll have access to literally walks you through the the different steps of what what you're looking for um and if you mess up i mean i've met one day we like epically messed up one whole group added sugar before the pectin or did it in the wrong order and it was it was a total fail and i told him i said this has failed for me in real life like you know it's failed for me before and and so it it also teaches a a good lesson of um Hey, not all your stuff is always going to work out, but, but it's still good. You can probably just put it over ice cream and you'll be fine, you know, type of thing. <laughs> so it's a, it's a really fun lab. It's, it's one of my favorite labs to do. Well, it sounds so fun. And I, I love that you're finding ways to make it work. Cause a lot of ag teachers I think are in the same boat as you, where they don't have a ton of resources or they don't have a whole foods lab. Um, available. So just knowing that like you can still teach those lessons and they are attainable. We just need to get creative sometimes. Um, oh, yeah. I was thinking like as you were talking for one, I love the observations like the jelly versus jam and like that inquiry of what is the difference. And then um, further, what a like I feel like there's some agri-science research projects in there. I've never made jelly or jam, but like <laughs> what if you don't add a component or like, what if you lose, like you, you know, you don't boil it long enough to like figure out the consistency or even like a survey with people. Can the 
can people determine the difference between jelly versus jam? Um, What do people like more? Um, And, and, you know, maybe designing their own flavors and things like that. So I don't know. I think there's, there's some opportunity there uh, to expand as well. It's a really neat lesson. And like I said, I really like it. Um, I wouldn't be teaching it, you know, multiple times um, in my career if I didn't enjoy it. Um, But it's also taught me to kind of step outside my comfort zone. I didn't think I could teach 21 high schoolers how to how to make jam um, in a class period. And it's a really inexpensive lab for the most part because you have strawberries that are either frozen or fresh and your fruit pectin and your sugar. And the jars we get donated from the community or the kids bring in their own. And so really it doesn't, compared to a lot of food science labs, it's a, it's a two-week process and it's not that expensive to do. Yeah, which is even better, too, when you can save some costs but still have a really big impact on your students, too. Um, So I feel like a lot of us as ag teachers are very, like, always looking for, um, you know, a side hustle or something to to maybe make a little extra money, especially when we have families and, you know, house payments and all of that stuff. So what advice would you have um, for, for ag teachers or someone looking to start a similar project to what you have going on? Yeah, for sure. Um, I was scared I would have, I wouldn't have the time and I didn't know how I would fit it in with everything that we already have going on. And truly it's been more of a like fun activity because really I'm already doing it. And so my advice would be just to try it. It's okay if it doesn't work, but just give it that time, you know, give it the ability and the chance to thrive and you'll never know where it goes. Um, we're always telling my kids or my kids are always telling me that I always tell them that, you know, there's no reason to say no. Why are you saying no? You know, why, why are you ready? You know, not even giving yourself the chance. And I think that a lot of times as ag teachers, we tell our kids that, but we don't give ourselves the same courtesy of that. You know, we're telling them, we'll do this speech, do this contest. I believe in you. I know you can do it. And I'm basically going to push you to do it because I know that you can. And I think that, we need to give ourselves the same grace as that and to just try. I mean, if it doesn't work, okay. You know, it was maybe six months. Um, but that's the thing is just, just to try and see if it does work out. Now, one of the, I laugh as we're talking about side hustles and families, as I literally, you guys am chasing around my child. So this is real life. Like, I want you to know that anyone that's like, how does Brianna and Nikki do it? They're so busy. Like it's literal chaos over here. So um just you just gotta make it work. <laughs> but you do. Yeah. And you need, and I love earlier you said like you need a creative outlet. Like, yeah, does it get hard for us to like podcast and chase around a one-year-old and but like you need something that you can invest in you, something that you're proud of that is kind of work-related, but not. Like, it's, like, the fun parts. And so um, I'm glad you mentioned that because sometimes I do, as a mom, like, feel a little selfish. Like, I could be using this time for something else, laundry, whatever. And so I'm glad you mentioned that because it is just as important to have something for yourself, even if you're not a parent. Like, you know, sometimes, like, Brianna feels selfish. She's not spending time with her husband or cleaning her house or, you know, devoting time to whatever, you know, fill in the blank. And so, um, yeah, for any of you listen, anybody listening that feels the same way, um, 
we're in the same boat. So you talked earlier about really wanting to help people. And so one last resource that you've kind of curated is your monthly newsletter. Um, talk to listeners about what that is and how that could be beneficial to them to follow along. Yeah, um, my monthly newsletter, it literally only comes out because um, I've signed up for newsletters and I've been that person that's like, oh my gosh, there's another one. Like, why is it coming out? And I wanted it to be something that could really benefit somebody who was going to take the time to open it up to read it. Because I, I mean, I come back in a day, you know, and you have 110 emails in your inbox and you're like, okay, I really just don't want to read this or I'll read it later, you know? Um, so my monthly newsletter literally comes out on the first day of the month. And it is activities and resources that you can use that month. So in August, I sent out a free resource for high school ag teachers or just any teacher really in general for syllabus activities and what I do my first day. And it was literally a syllabus that they could just type in their own information in. It was a four page worksheet that talks about I'm going to have student A and the whole class read my syllabus. They're going to underline things with colored pencils. I'm not going to stand up there and read it to my seventh hour because they are not listening to me read my syllabus at all. You know, they're going to use an activity with Play-Doh to tell me a little bit more about themselves. And so that's what the type of resources I send out. It's literally things that you should be able to click on, download the PDF, and be able to open up and use in your classroom or in your life that month. Um, we talked about you know um the resource i sent out was the letter e for you know big and little learners and so they got a book that kind of went along with it they got a link to this book they got a link to the information they got a link and then my other teachers got a link to the first day syllabus activity and so my september newsletter i'm kind of gearing around one of my food science activities and so i'm going to send out a free thing on knife skills which is one of the first things that i do for september you know and and so it's what I'm using in my classroom. That's what I'm teaching in September. This is kind of exactly what I'm looking for as a teacher. And I'm thinking hopefully maybe somebody else is looking for it too. And so I just want it to be something beneficial that comes out once a month, doesn't bombard your email box, and that you can actually use. So for our listeners that are kind of hearing about that newsletter and thinking that sounds really awesome and sounds like something they would be interested in, um, how can we get access to that newsletter um, and how can we follow you like on social media and all of that? Um, so my newsletter sign up can be found on my website. It's growingandcultivatingstudents.com and you can type that into Google. You can also, there's a link on my social media on Facebook or on Instagram, Growing and Cultivating Students. I also have a YouTube channel that kind of goes along. I, I just started it talking about starting new things. Um, but I just started that and it's growing and cultivating students on YouTube and it's a new video every Thursday and it literally corresponds with the stuff that kind of is going out in my newsletter just to give people more resources that they can use in their classroom. And so you can go to one of the social media sites, my website, um, and things like that to find that and that's growing and cultivating students. Wow, I, I'm blown away by the level of detail that you have. Like, I know there's a lot of programs that do newsletters and it takes a ton of time. And so for you to, to invest into that for other people um, is, is super cool. Um, you, you highlighted a lot of great things. Is there, if, if someone wants to get in contact with you though, they have questions, 
they need assistance with an activity that you shared. Um, what is the best way to connect with you? Um, probably Instagram is probably the best way to really get a hold of me. I don't like checking email a lot unless I really have to for work-related purposes. I'm sure you guys can relate to that. You know, once I once I leave work, I'm like, okay, peace out. No more emails. Um, and so I'm on Instagram quite a bit. I like to share a lot of our farm life on Instagram. Um, I like to share just kind of what's happening in my classroom and little tips and tricks. And, um, you know, Instagram reels are a big thing right now, you know, and kind of stuff like that. And so Instagram is probably the best way to get a hold of me. And that's um, growing and cultivating students. And, and you can just message me on there and, and connect. I like to learn about people if, if they have something they're looking for. You know, if you just want to say, hi, you know, what's what's happening in your world? Connect. Maybe our students can send some boxes back and forth or something. You know, um, it's all about, you know, the kids and helping each other and things like that. Awesome. I love that. Now, everyone listening um, you have access to a few of the resources she spoke about today, and those are going to be in the show notes. So um, check that out. Um, as always, go go follow Bethany and um, sign up for her newsletter. And I think the best way to give back to someone that's creating content is to share their resources and how you're using that. So I encourage you to, um, to tag her on social media and reach out. Um, to her and let her know um, how something impacted your classroom or even not your classroom, you used it at home. So Bethany, thanks so much for being here with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it too. Uh, for everyone, make sure you like Here by the Owl podcast on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to give back to us, there's a few simple ways you can do that. Uh, number one uh, is just by listening. So those of you here, we appreciate you. Um, like, and share our um, episodes. So if you know a, a person that this episode could help, um, share that with them. Uh, and if you could rate or review our podcast on any major podcast platform, that's helpful um, to get our podcast in front of more listeners. Um, last thing, and this is how we connect with Bethany, simply just reach out to us. Um, we love uh, when people want to share their passion with us. So reach out and we'll get an episode scheduled and we would love to have you. Thanks for listening.